If Reality Check Radio enriches your day and life, support us to keep bringing you the content, voices, perspectives, and dose of reality you won't get anywhere else. Visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate. You're on Reality Check Radio. It's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Well, here's an interesting topic. Water. Strange molecule, it turns out. And who to talk about water and all its ramifications is water researcher Vida Austin. Good morning, Vida. Hi. So nice to be here. Well, you're going to have to go slow with me because <laughs> I've done a little bit of reading about your work and I, I, am, I am struggling to follow it. So how did you get into this? Like, what, are you, what were you doing when you suddenly thought, oh, I'm going to get into water? <laughs> Well, I was very curious about 10 years ago after reading several articles and books about water and the idea that water can store information and share information in a, in a kind of freezing method. So there were some people that were flash freezing water after exposing it to various emotions, various thoughts, various words, various things like that and uh, then flash freezing it and taking microscopic photos of it. And this person, Masaru Emoto, turned out to be not embraced by the scientific community. His work, he cherry-picked his photos to share the very best photos, which sort of suggested what he was trying to say. However, after learning more about that, I was still curious because I noticed there were some other people sharing information that was quite similar and seeing some similar results. Okay, just stop right there. What yep. does, what was that, how do they freeze it, quick freeze it? What was that phrase you used? Yep, flash freezing. So that flash was- Flash freeze, what's, what's flash freezing mean? So that means that there is, it's set at a very cold temperature and so the water transitions into ice very rapidly. And they were looking down a microscope taking photos of the ice crystals, very similar to snow crystals, yeah. you know, snowflakes. And you, many people have seen them under a microscope or seen them actually in real life where they take on geometries. So what Masaru Emoto was doing, was a Japanese um, researcher, was that he was exposing water to positive and negative influences. And then he was taking a drop of that water flash freezing it in a lab environment where you can have a cold lab, which means you're kind of like walking into a giant freezer. So mm -hmm. it's cold the whole time. And then he was filming it and through the microscope as it took on the structures of ice. And what he observed was that yeah. <laughs> the, the ones which formed beautiful geometries, much like snowflakes, came mostly from the uh, influences which were positive. And the so the trick is here that when water is flash freezed, the crystals it forms varies. Yes. It doesn't always form the same crystal structure. Correct. And that when you look down a microscope, you can see those crystals and you can see the structure and which they are. And this researcher was noting the differences and then relating it back to something. I got that. Okay. 
Sorry, okay. I was there's a whole lot of jumps there that I didn't I didn't appreciate that when ice is frozen it forms different shapes and different crystals. Yeah. Which is my ignorance. Okay, I got that. And then he was suggesting that the water was retaining something of its experience or something that had happened to it environmentally. And then when it was frozen, it would reflect that. Correct. And what were the sort of things that it was reflecting in his view? Well, what he what they were actually very simple. What he showed was that water that was given a positive influence, for example, a prayer might be an example, on tap water. Um, he might see a change. He might see that it goes from one structure to another. So tap water with no influence might fail to form cohesive structures. That same tap water with a prayer will start to form very cohesive patterns that look very much like geometry. I mean, this is great, isn't it? Because I'm sort of sitting here and thinking, you must get this a lot. Like, what? Well, that was his work. And he got given extremely hard time about it because uh, because that's suggesting something. It's not even that it's just suggesting something huge that water is responsive to its environment, to thoughts, words, sounds, etc. Uh, but that not all water is water. And he wrote a book called Messages in Water that became wildly successful. And regardless of whether or not the scientific community didn't embrace him, of which they did not, he was given a very hard time. Um, but he never lied. He always said he openly chose the best photos to display what he was seeing. Uh, but he did, by using about eight contrasting photos, become extremely uh, well-known based on the fact that he opened the door for people to see themselves as bodies of water sensitive to thoughts, words, and environment. By molecular count, not by volume, our body is 99% water. That means that there are more water molecules in our bodies than stars in the Milky Way. Your eye lens is 99% water. That means we see everything through the lens of water. So I began to research also about a man who was using the same technique as Emoto, didn't become so well known, but his work was fascinating to me. His name was is Laurent Costa. He is a French microscopic photographer of water. He too flash freezes water. But unlike Emoto, who was doing it in a laboratory and had other people doing this in a laboratory for him, Laurent Costa was a citizen scientist. He had a more spiritual view on water. He considered water to be more like a spiritual teacher for him. And rather than wanting to experiment on water, what he wanted to do was simply see what water wanted to show him. So occasionally he would smile at the water before he flash froze it. And 
as well as seeing geometries in his work like Emoto did. He was seeing imagery. So what he saw down the microscope, smiling back at him in the molecular uh, kind of um, organization of the ice, were smiley faces. He was seeing hearts. He was seeing uh, images that were relative to his thoughts, something that had happened in his day. Um, and that was kind of crazy, amazing. Like he was even seeing fish. They'd just got some fish for their new fish tank. And he had just, it was in his subconscious that he was thinking about fish. And he was seeing these undeniable fish images in the ice, as well as seeing geometries. So at that point, I had never seen art in ice outside of, you know, when when someone carves something out of an ice sculpture yes. or something. So he was looking down the microscope and seeing these smiley faces. And I um, I worked professionally as an oil painter for many, many years. I designed some stamps for New Zealand Post. I did lots of really things that I really enjoyed. So I naturally see the world through the lens of water uh, and through an artistic lens. But I also am a researcher. So I'm, you know, have mul I'm multifaceted like so many people. And I just became curious about this phenomenon that he was seeing art that was clearly recognizable. It wasn't pareidolia where you're making something up in your mind and you think that that kind of little thing looks looks like something. Well, I feel that way about astronomy. And they say, oh, you know, Orion, and I'm looking at it, and that's this belt, and that's his pants. And I'm thinking, no, I just see four dots. You know, <laughs> I don't have that imagination. Yeah, um, that does I'm fascinated by this because I'm of, I'm I'm ready to think outside any square and any box at the moment. Um, but that is amazing. So then what did you do? So then I, as a researcher, I start researching. And then I end up coming across this really interesting man by the name of Thomas Hieronymus. And he made a, an observation. He was a radionic engineer. And he made an observation that when he went into a Parisian meat market on a very, very cold day, when there was frost, it was very cold. And he, he noticed that the freshly placed organs of an animal appeared to be affecting the way the frost froze on the glass behind where it was placed. For example, the frost above a liver organ looked like a liver organ was the same shape and so on and so forth with these different organs. And he 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 was a very interested, interesting man. And he thought very much, very openly. And and he he actually put it down to there being water in the blood. Because he's he thought there was this kind of life force energy still emanating out of these organs, even though they were not attached to an animal anymore. Now, each organ of a body has something called a sonic signature. It's a bit like a cymatic imprint of form and function. For anyone that doesn't know what a cymatic imprint is, is that cymatics, C-Y-M-A-T-I-C-S, is the study of um, sound through water. So you can also use it through sand. So you can, some people sprinkle sand on a box and then they put a frequency um, on the metal plate, this kind of 
the top of this metal plate, really. It's not it's exactly a box. And what they'll find is that certain frequencies, the sand literally moves into geometries and into shapes. And the same thing happens when you use water and sound through water, is that it rapidly moves and arranges itself into shapes using frequencies. And when it's with water, it's not something you can observe because it's water. But when you, you flash, you oh, you can. For cymatics, they're not freezing. Cymatics is simply where you shine light on the water so you can see, and you can see the patterns with your naked eye. I see. Kind is that ca caused by the movement of the water? Yes, yes. What, what, yeah, I see. The water's moving to so through the, the sound, vibration of the, the frequency, sound. and you can see that movement, and yes. it changes with the different frequencies. Correct. Wow. People can see this if they have a singing bowl. You know, there's Tibetan singing bowls, and if you put water inside it and you play it, you'll see the patterns that form in the water. The frequency, my goodness. Even um, even if you if you have a, 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 a um, crystal glass, wine glass, you know how you can make the sound by wetting your mm -hmm. finger mm -hmm. around the rim? Mm -hmm. If you have water in there, you'll see the patterns forming even on the surface there. So sound makes water move. And certain frequencies make it move into form. I can see why you got yourself lost in this. It's amazing, isn't it? It's so interesting. So Thomas was was had a hypothesis on what he was observing in the frost. And that was that these sonic signatures within the organs held a vibration still. The mm -hmm. blood was still flowing. It wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't very, it was a very newly, a new organ. So water, and this is probably too, too, already a little too far, but without, and we probably need hours for me to even just go into this, but water is always in relationship with itself. It's always communicating information with itself in all its, these different stages. So the water and the blood was essentially sharing information with the water in the air, and the water in the air absorbed that information, and when it hit the glass surface, immediately formed into ice, which took on the shape of the form of the information it absorbed. Now, this was Thomas Hieronymus' theory, and what I really, really enjoyed about that was that he was seeing these shapes form with his naked eye. Now, 10 years ago, I didn't have a microscope, but I had had a healing experience with some, um, with some deep aquifer water here in New Zealand after a horrendous car accident that I had been in 20-odd years prior. And, uh, and so I was already interested in water because I'd seen that some waters seem to be able to do things that other waters can't. And this particular water I was drinking had a very naturally high pH. I was able to collect it from the source. The man was only at the time, all those years ago, giving it to cancer patients. And he um, gave me some, and I had some pretty incredible healing experiences with it. So I thought, well, if I use some of that water, the secret with all of these people seems to be in the freezing, where the unseen becomes seen. 
So I thought, well, I, you know, I have my imagination. I'll give it a good old Kiwi go, see what happens, you know. And I, I thought, well, what happens if I just think of something? I'm going to, you know, basically project that thought into my Petri dish of water. I had a Petri dish. I was working on another project separate to this. And uh, stick it in my freezer and just see what happens. You know, it was the most rudimentary thought I had, but I thought, well, you know, I may as well give it a go. I was a new, like my children were young then. And so, you know, I was just, I was just having fun with it because we read a lot of things. It's very different when you do them yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm very much interested in seeing things for myself if I can. So I got my Petri dish. I put some of the water the um the uh artisan water in there and i've used all kinds of waters over the many many years but this was my first time so i thought i'll just use this water it seems like a good choice and as i'm there thinking oh god what am i going to think about because i don't know even why that became like a problem i was like what should i project what thought should i think it's like usually i don't have so many problems with thinking so anyway i'm there thinking what am i going to think about and there's this little bit of fluff floating around in the water. So I was like, oh my God. So I put my hand in to take the fluff out. And I and I consciously thought, oh, I wonder if my hand will have any impact on the water's quote unquote memory, because I had no idea if that was even a real thing. You know, I I, I didn't know. I was just curious. So I thought, oh well that thought will do. And I shoved it into the freezer with the peas and the broccoli and the ice cream and everything else. And I forgot about it. Um I came back hours later and I was like, oh yeah, let's see what, what's going on in there. And I pulled it out of the freezer. I held it up to the light and I took my very first photo on my iPhone. And that photo, which I'm going to explain about what I saw in a second, has literally launched just under 50,000 photos of water responding in what appears to be an incredibly intelligent way. So, Bringing it back to my very first test, what I saw was an image of a hand. And it wasn't just an image of a hand. It looked like an X-ray of my hand. Um, I inherited my my mother's um, on both sides of my hands. These are worse. This was the hand I used because I'm right-handed. Crooked fingers on either side of my middle finger. So in the actual image, my first image I got, not only was it a hand, it depicted my hand with my two bent fingers between on either side of my middle finger. And I have to tell you, I was freaked out. I was like, it was a little bit unnerving and exciting, but I was not expecting it. And I mean, and it was huge macroscopically. So my Petri dishes are about the size of my hand, so about 10 centimeters in diameter. So what the size of the hand was, you know, nearly a five centimeter size. That's actually quite huge compared to the microscopic photos that people like Masaru Moto and Laurent Costa were, t- were looking at and taking. So I could see and, it. And just, just tell me about this photo. It wasn't like a photo of Bigfoot fuzzy or UFO in the way in the distance. And if you think yeah. hard about it, you think, oh, that could be a UFO. What you had a photograph of, did you have to use a lot of imagination to see the hand? I'll show you. I can even show you over here. 
Show me, but you know, I'll tell it to the audience. I've got a picture here. I've just written a book, which is coming out in a couple of days. It's easier if I show you actually on the screen. But this was the hand. Oh, you- my God. That is it. That is a hand. Yeah. And I can see the crooked fingers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it looks like an x-ray, right? It looks like the bones. It absolutely does. And so just to give context, like I have a That friend- was a picture off a Petri dish with absolutely. an iPhone. Yes, it was. And I would be freaked out by that. Yeah, it was. And so I, I You actually, don't sound like a person making this up. No, I'm not because I've done it in it like for so prolifically now for literally 10 years. I've just got a book of over there's over 1500 photos in the book. But I also teach people how to do it. So there's a lot more to this. Um but this is how I began. And I began by freezing water solid. I haven't done that now in nine years because I discovered a specific technique that gives me much clearer photos. Mm. And I learned a lot more about water as I discovered there is a new science of water out there. Now, the um, what kind of made this go from being a potential random photo what I like is that you could recognize it as a hand. What I'd like to say is that there is a scientist by the name of Dr. Gerald Pollack, and he is one of the leading scientists in the world of water. Um, he uh, gave me some suggestions with my work um, fairly early on. He said, why don't you get 25 of your photographs simply and put a survey together and simply say, what does this image look like to you? Don't give any more information than that. Don't go say anything else. Don't lead people into anything. And just circulate it through social media. See what happens. So I actually gave the survey to friends, which they circulated it out. So no one even knew it came from me. People didn't know what they were looking at. They didn't know it was ice. They they didn't know anything like that. They simply had to answer the question. So there were 200... 95 people that did the survey, and 85% of people were able to recognize the ice image for what the influence was prior to freezing. Now, out of all of those 25 images, there were three images where 100% of people were able to recognize the image for what the influence was, and the hand was one of those. Art can be subjective. Any any anyone can say that there's so many artists in the world that create different art. But the the amount of people that could recognize the imagery for what the influence was was extremely high and has continued to be extremely high over these years. And I think that that was an important thing that he suggested that I do because many people will say, well, we're just making up things in your mind that it looks like this and it looks like this. Uh, so I think that that's helpful to know that that these are images that can actually be recognized for what they the influence was, which is really amazing on its own. So after I, I showed that photo of the hand to my son and I said, hey, Rama, what does this look like to you? And, you know, he just said, that looks like a hand. Mom looks a bit like a creepy hand because it does look like an X-ray of a hand. 
And then I thought, well, what water is going to be informed naturally where it's not about me projecting anything? You know, what if I get some seawater? So I, at the time, you know, I lived near the ocean. So I went and I collected some, some seawater and I poured a very thin layer into my Petri dish and I stuck it in the freezer. This was my second ever <laughs> uh, crystallography. And I was nervous sitting outside the freezer because I thought, well, if I see something relative to the ocean in here, maybe this isn't random. And the second photo I ever took literally was of a fish. There is the outline of the fish with the fins and the perfectly round eye and the gill and the tail. And it, it that's really when my household freezer literally became my most used household appliance. Mm. And it just became addictive, playing with the in this field without expectation of what I would see, but just curiosity. My father, you may have heard of him, his name is Bill Hohepper. He's a famous, famous Maori fisherman. And so coming from different perspectives, I also see water a little perhaps in a more spiritual way, a little bit like Laurent Costa did, the man I gave you that example of. So I'm going into this thinking, well, I think there's more to water than meets the eye here. How can it possibly be doing this? Because this seems almost unbelievable, right, to me too. Unbelievable. Yeah, but I keep seeing it. And so the next – And other people see it in the same oh, way. That's, I think – the point. Of the points. If if I was just sitting here thinking, saying to friends, like, oh, you know, do you think you see a dog in this picture? And they're like, eh, nah, maybe not. <laughs> maybe it's just you. I probably wouldn't have gone very far with this. But the fact that other people also could see, and I would ask them, what do you think this looks like before I would tell them what the influence was? So, you know, it just became fun for me. It was, and it's still fun for me. It's just that it's evolved a lot. And so after freezing water solid and seeing for the most part, and not always, so I would see when I would freeze water solid, um, a very clear image in about one in every eight times I did it. And when I discovered my new technique, which is very simple and I'll explain it, I started to see it almost every time wow. or at least every, you know, a couple of times. Because your freezer isn't flash freezing it particularly, is it? No. So I use my regular old household, yeah. right? And so everyone's household freezer is set at different um, temperatures. So it's going to freeze differently for different people based on that fact. Plus different waters freeze at different times. So I find that tap water freezes quicker than spring water. Seawater tends to um, take the longest to freeze because it has the salt. So, you know, you have these, these little things you get to know more about the different types of water that you're using. Distilled water, I found, doesn't give very clear results. And it's interesting because Masaru Amoto was using mostly distilled water. I know that they did use, um, like, polluted water and then bless it, and then show what it looked like afterwards. So I know they didn't only use distilled water. But distilled water lacks the salts and minerals 
And if you think we are a body full of of water and salt and minerals. So if you pardon the pun, you boil someone down. <laughs> this sounds horrible, but just for the analogy, we are salt, water, minerals, and consciousness. Mm. Even when someone is cremated, the ashes are salts. What I, I think is really interesting as you kind of start diving deeper into this um, is that we literally are like an, an ocean. But more importantly, or not necessarily more importantly, but alongside our entire lives that we are incredibly attached to, no one will say, no, I haven't had a life or I don't have a life. And, and people say, yes, I am alive. I'm having a conversation with you. But what does it mean to actually be a person, a, a living person in this world well, it means that our entire life, when we look at it, we tell our life, we're telling them our life based off the memories that we have of it. We are a body of water that stores and holds memories that we are deeply attached to and that basically make up our life. Because yesterday, I remember having a very busy day. I did X, Y, Z. I did four podcasts in a row. But, but that's and that's now my memory that I'm telling you from. And then we have our imagination. And so we are bodies of water storing memories. We are incredibly good at it. And that's very important to us. So the idea that water stores if you, it might not be the right term, but this idea of memory is not so foreign if you look at what living beings have the ability to do. And no, I guess, but it's a funny thing for us to get to. Yes. Because we think of water as something that we two, drink. That takes two away. elements. Hydrogen and oxygen joined, and that's it, quite simple. Yes. And we think of our bodies as DNA and microscopic um, cellular organelles and a central nervous system and all this complexity. But then, of course, we're also aware that at a subatomic level, there's vibrations and rotations an extraordinary stuff going on that we can only dimly understand. That's right. Even if you spend your life in it and someone like me struggles to grasp all of this. And so you do open your mind beyond what's just every day you think common sense and say, wow. I wonder. And that's what you did, didn't you? That's you right. Wondered. I wondered. That's how it all <laughs> began. I just was very curious. And then I and then it just became and it was fun. Oh, it'd be huge fun. I but would I do it. Did my children too. Yeah. So my children were doing it as well. In fact, my son, I get get to where this new technique part. 
So I started to, to get more familiar with the work of Dr. Jerry Pollack. You know, I became friends with him and then he recommended that I do the survey and all of that, which is why I mentioned it. But um, he wrote a book called The Fourth Phase of Water. So we have a liquid, a solid, a gas, and then a type of gel or plasma. And that type of gel or plasma is the kind of water that's inside of our cells. So you talked about the workings of the body. You know, there are layers of structured, ordered water, molecularly ordered water that surround our DNA. And if the water didn't surround the DNA, the DNA could not coil. It's so vital that it's there. So he was he um, was, is a is working in all kinds of incredible areas of science, but they made this really interesting observation that this what is a what is the fourth phase of water? He calls it exclusion zone or easy water, and that is because they did an experiment where they got some water. And they put it into uh, a glass, a kind of container, a little glass scientific c- container with no lid, a little beaker thing. And then they put something called microspheres in it, which allows you to see any movement. Yeah. And then they put a thing called a naphion tube, which is a little see-through tube, really, in there. And when you look through a microscope, what you see, if there is fourth phase water in the water so you often have this fourth phase water within regular water so he defines it as like bulk water and crystalline water mm-hmm. so when you look through the microscope what you see is that the water starts to flow through the tube self propels round and round and round through the tube over and over and over and over and over and over again and the reason that it does that is that when there is fourth phase water in the water, it basically pushes out solates. So if there is salts and dissolved minerals, these kinds of things, total dissolved solids in the water, which most water has, it will push it away, creating an area, a very, it's quite large microscopically, but Matt, it, it, you can't really see it with your naked eye. But it's it's actually quite large, and it, it's a, it's a space of a type of water where there are no solates in it, mm. and it is is more viscous. It absorbs more light. It has a slight, It has a negative charge, which is a very potent thing. And when it pushes the other kind of water out with all the solates and everything, that becomes positively charged. So you have a negative and a positive, which essentially is creating a battery, which becomes like the little batteries of our cells. When a cell is healthy, it is negatively charged. When a cell is unhealthy, it is positively charged. The earth is negatively charged. One of the reasons that we feel so good when we walk along um, the beach barefoot is that we're getting positive charge coming up, um, negative charge, sorry, coming up through the um, through the beach. And there's the the sea is also negatively charged. So we're getting negative ions and breathing them in through the air. So it's the negative charge that actually makes us, um, gives us energy. And it's the positive charge that tends to be more oxidizing. So he made this discovery that there are specific things. Now, what's interesting about it within the body is that rather than being H2O, it converts H2O into H3O2. So Mm -hmm. it has 
extra hydrogen and oxygen atom. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, it also gives it more ability to absorb more light. So we are a little bit like liquid crystal walking solar panels. And we are, are not taught about this so much in schools. And we're really taught about the sort of hydrological cycle more than anything else. But what's interesting to me, and I'm like, you know, I started getting very curious about all things to do with water. And I go into detail in lots of areas because it takes you down so many tributaries when you start searching. Um, but, you know, I, I was invited uh, to several times to go into schools and to teach a mix of sort of water science with art projects and teach the children how to do this. And we would have fun doing this, right? And I'd say to the children, if your skin was invisible and your organs were see-through, what would you look like? And every single one of them would come back with rivers, streams, waterfalls. How funny. And one child said that he would look like um, a brain-shaped cloud with electrical rain shining down in the shape of a person. And so when when we're taught these these ways without being taught any further thinking or the opportunity, to, I think, really to think for ourselves, not so much being told how to think, but kind of being given opportunities to, to think more, a little deeper. Um, it's very impactful because you could then ask the question, if your skin was invisible, it would see through, what would you look like? But then how would you recognize your mother or your father or your loved one? And when I asked that question, the little girl said, well, I'd always recognize my mummy because of the way she feels. So these children have a natural way of being able to kind of see the world from the perspective that actually is very simple. But when we cut ourselves, we leak, we bleed. When we are at our deepest emotional states, whether it's laughing or whether it's in our deepest sorrow, we cry. When we go to the bathroom, we leak. When we, when we exercise, we sweat. We are only a cut away from fluid. Mm. We are in the bathroom away, back away from fluid. And when you start thinking that every single life form on this earth, whether it's within an egg, whether it is from uh, amniotic fluid, you know, however things are conceived, there is a fluid around them. And this is of that very special, special type of water I was just talking about. Uh, I, I, we only have a limited time, so there's only so much I can probably go into because there's so many areas to go into. But I began becoming more curious about what when these patterns were starting to freeze. So I just started opening my freezer earlier and earlier and earlier until I looked in there one time at about five minutes. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Look, there's liquid on top and ice underneath. I wonder what's going on with the ice underneath. So I literally just took it out, tipped the liquid away, and photographed what is called crystallography. That's the ice that has made formations on the dish that was stuck on the dish. That is my technique now. That is all I use because what I saw and what we've actually managed to film 
is that when you film water freezing from beginning to end, you see three stages of freezing, three main stages of freezing. You see the first stage, which is where water um, starts to freeze and form, and then there's a still liquid on top. So it's kind of in two parts. Mm -hmm. The second stage is where there is two ice, it's like an ice sandwich. There's two layers mm -hmm. of ice, one on the top, one underneath, and there's liquid water in between. Sometimes you can pull out ice that hasn't frozen solid, and you can see there's liquid in the middle. Mm -hmm. Two stages, and then you have a solid. I think of it as spirit, blood, and body. Mm -hmm. It's another thing that's probably going too far. So the stage, I thought, so I took it out and I held it up to the light and I saw imagery that was far, far, far more clear. There was more light coming through. When you see my work, you'll notice there are colors that come through it. That's because I like to play with the colors in the background because the ice is thin enough to be able to play with that. And it sometimes helps you to see the imagery a little better. Some people that have done it, have a, do it very scientifically. They have one like background color and they just take photos the best that they can. Now I'm not in a cold room. I'm in my kitchen. So you have to take photographs quickly because the ice melts, especially in our heat, right? And we've been having in New Zealand. So what we've I've I've seen now after doing this for 10 years and now teaching thousands of people around the world how to do it is that there are three things that you will see if you do this if you do this technique. I've just explained one. You can see an artistic expression. The, the, the other option is that you might see what is called a signature pattern of water. So over the years, I've delved into a lot of different areas of water, but I have discovered, and I'm sure amongst other people discovered it in different ways, but crystallographically, you can tell the difference between tap water, rainwater, spring water, seawater, filtered water, um, stream water. You can see the difference. There's a difference. So if, I, if I gave you a semi-frozen Petri dish and you could see that pattern, or I took a picture of it and sent it to you, yeah. you could deduce what water it was. Yeah. Yeah. If, it show, if it's showing a signature pattern. So like I said, there are three ways that water will share information. Mm -hmm. The third way seems probably to some people one of the most crazy, but at the same time, it's the one I've got the most repeatability with and the one in which I've been invited to speak in scientific conferences about simply to share because it's so unusual for water to show so much repeatability in this particular area of freezing. So I, I've coined, I've just coined it hydroglyphs. Um, it's just a word I made up, uh, and I might have even heard somebody talking about that kind of term, and it sounded sounded kind of cool. But over the many years of using this technique and having had my children play with me and do this too, like, for example, my son, um, Rama, his name's Rama. His father's part Indian, and he was named after Lord Lord Rama. Now, in Hindu uh, beliefs, the Lord Rama has always got a bow and arrow. Mm. And so my son was trying to con me into getting him a bow and arrow. And he's a little guy then, you know, and he just wanted to have some fun. And and he said, Mom, if I can, if I can, this isn't his exact words, but basically if I can project 
a picture of an arrow, like a thought of an arrow and see an arrow in the ice, will you get me a bow and arrow? <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, well, points for, you know, ingenuity. So I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, Rama, then. All right. And so um, he did. He he sat there and he imagined that he was getting his bow and arrow and pulling it back and pinging an arrow into the water. And then he froze it. He used my technique and he took the photograph. And um, I know it's probably better to show it to you um, through um, through the Zoom video thing, but um, but you can see it in this picture. Yes, and you can oh see how clear the metal head is, and yes. like, but that's the difference between my old technique and my new technique. You can see color and light. And clarity and shadow and yeah. and it's like 3d yeah so it's extremely different and, and so that's where you d don't fully freeze you just get let it freeze on the bottom and then tip the water off correct wow correct. and then and that's why you get that you get it like mountains and the 3d yes uh, because it's it's frozen with to different depths that's correct it um you must have so much fun. Oh, my God. My life is a dream. I love what I do. So it's because you never actually know what's going to happen. There's there's a lot more to that. It's like if I am ha had a really rough day and I'm frustrated and on the motorway and stuck in traffic and the children are driving me crazy or something like that, and I come back and somebody's – Perhaps um, I'm committed to doing some crystallography for someone because uh, I do that sometimes, and I'm and I think oh, I need to do this for this person. I'm only giving you this example because it happened, and I was just oh, I'd been I just had a rough day. I, it wasn't that I was I was actually annoyed. I was just really in an annoyed mood. So I go to do the crystallography and I get nothing, nada, nothing, and I'm like, and in fact. The water behaves in a really weird way. It starts to kind of, the ice seems to thicken and cloud over. Normally I see very clear crystallography with the light coming through. But when I've been angry and frustrated and annoyed, water will not design a complex imagery. It's not just a machine that will just do what it's told. It, it seems to have its own life force energy. Do you and, think? Do you think that some people then would be better at this than others because they have, I don't know, some undisclosed, ununderstood un 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 technique or radiance? I'm thinking of water divining, right? Mm -hmm. Which is impossible, but it to all intents and purposes, it works. Yeah. And very sophisticated engineers won't dig a well unless someone water divines it for them. I don't know. That's but there's true. some people that can divine water. And so they can, through their body with a stick, they can discover water meters under the ground. So they would maybe have a more developed, relationship and therefore when they were doing your technique might get better results and maybe you'd get better results than I would 
if I did it. Do you think that's a possibility? I don't know. I'll have to try. Yeah. I, I think that that's the thing. It's like um, I get people all the time try to get me to do work for them because they think I'm just really, really good at it. Uh, and I, my encouragement is to try it for yourself because I'd rather teach someone how to fish than just give them a fish. And I, I so kind of walks, walk the, or me through. So I go out and I say, I'm interested in that. I mm. think it's all bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah. Let me, let me try it. Yeah. What would I do? So I'll tell you that in just a sec. The third thing you might see is something called hydroglyphs. And there's like almost like I've, I would say that there's kind of symbols or um, designs in ice that are very repeatable. And um, I've got a lace, nearly uh, around 40 of them. And for each one, I show, for example, about 64 examples of that. And they came from um, originally from using uh, from from using music. You know, I, I discovered something very weird. Um, and I, I can actually, we can do some crystallography right now. I can show you um, how, how to do it. And I can describe it as we're going along. Okay. But um, when Masaru Emoto's work came out and his book, my, my son, when he was much younger, I mean, he's 16 now, he read the, he, he saw the book, he saw the pictures, and he came to me and he said, Mum, I think what hates me. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and he said, well, because according to this work, because Masaru Emoto did, did work very, very much in contrast. Sometimes you have to be a little careful. As humans, we really love to see the best and the worst of things. Mm. There's a lot of stuff in between. And if a child can't identify with either one, sometimes they just assume the worst. And so he had done heavy metal and classical music. And so the heavy metal failed to really form structure. And the classical music forms beautiful structures. And so my son saw it and, and he liked to listen to Tupac. And he says, look, Tupac swears you know, clearly it doesn't like swear words and this and, 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 and he just said, I think water hates me. And I'm like, well, we can't have that. And I don't actually believe that. And I'm pretty sure whoever did the heavy metal probably didn't like it. So I don't think that water is ever in judgment. I think of water on a more sort of, if you will, more of a spiritual space as an observer. Um, there is, I'm sure I could probably go down a whole nother level if I go into that conversation about wairua, you know, the sp- word for spirit in Maori is wairua. It means very, very rudimentary. I mean, it has bigger meanings and things, but it's sent two waters, the spiritual and physical waters. Mm. And I think that, I mean, that, there's a lot there I can talk about and I do talk about in my in my podcasts and whatnot. But for now, um, we go back to my son. So I start using music, and what I do is that I'll put my dish of water beside the speaker, leave the room, come back, freeze the water. And some of those songs, and I did loads of genres, and it was super fun and interesting because what I would often see is that there'd be a word that water seemed to pick up on and design. So an example would be Stairway to Heaven. 
Yeah. Every time I used Stairway to Heaven, I would see this this image that looked just like a ladder. Every time. Yes. And I did it over a period of months. So I, I was oh a busy mum. Obviously I'm doing other things as well. But and I and I think that's even more telling is that I'm not doing it all in one day using the same dish and all of the stuff because people could say, well, even within homeopathy, there's often something that these trace elements still left mm. behind. It could be that. So I was doing it with different water over months. So in the early stages, I did it, you know, about eight times and I kept seeing this kind of similar, the same image, the same design, different backgrounds, but I'd always see this sort of like ladder symbol. And I started to get curious about that. And I'm like, I wonder if that actually means stairway, because that's what it looks like. And that's, you know, in the song a lot. So I literally just, I mean, there's nothing stopping me from doing anything, right? Or anyone else. <laughs> so I literally just wrote the word stairway. I put my dish of water on top of it for 30 seconds. I like that time frame. I work with alongside a lot of quantum physicists that are starting to explain my work through that field, that science. Um, in fact, one of, uh, okay, stick with the story. So, <laughs> so what they, I did was put the dish on it, 30 seconds, remove it, and then just freeze it. And I kept seeing the stairway glyph. And I'm like, okay, well, let's just keep trying. Because in my mind, 50 was not a random number. So over the course of several months, I did it 50 times by using a word as an influence. And I kept seeing this design. Only one time did I not see it. And that was also when I was had a really bad day. So um, it was really uh, interesting and curious. And I'm like, well, okay, well, what do you do with a stairway? And I thought, well, you you climb up a stairway. because So I wrote climb up. And I started to see this ladder again. And I thought, well, what happens if I write climb down? And I didn't get it. So I'm like, oh, what does this mean? Like, this is sort of weird and crazy. Like, I don't really understand. But I just kept doing it because it was fun and because I was curious. And after now, I've started to use different words, doing the same thing. And I've discovered that there are some words where I get symbols which repeat. For example, another one might be for the word ring. Like I have, uh, and it also seems to come up with the word marriage, and, it, and it's a ring in the ice, and it's very three-dimensional. What's curious about that is that I was sent a wedding invitation, and I just had my dish of water near it. The wedding invitation just the main word was was wedding and marriage of the marriage of so and so and so. There was no picture of a ring on it or anything like that. Uh, didn't even say the word ring. And I froze my water, and this very clear, very three dimensional ring was was in there. And I do show videos of what it looks like to show it's not a bubble. Like some people think, maybe it's a bubble. But you actually see all the little bubbles underneath it. The ring is more of a, in a plasmary state, and it looks exactly like a ring. And it was so surprising to me because I realized that it had been beside the wedding invitation, but it had designed a ring. And I'm like, oh, 
it's interesting because obviously rings symbolize can symbolize marriage and i started to play with words and i would use the word marriage and i would see this shape appear over and over and over again and then i was like well what about ring so you know i was thinking of lord of the rings and all of this and so um you know i put the the dish of water on top of um the image of the lord of the rings you know the, the word lord of the rings and i saw the the symbol again and it's there's and, and it just kind of continued on and i know it sounds nuts <laughs> but but i think because i'm simply sharing what i say sometimes fact is stranger than fiction yes and, oh my goodness and so i i now have like these symbols and what we've found because i have other people obviously water doesn't read english so it's not just that it's not just reading words and i have people using the same word in lots of different languages and what's even more crazy to me and amazing and inspiring really is that the word for water in english is a very basic like we understand water that word is just a, it's it, we know what we mean when we say that but the word for water in hebrew I mean, Hebrew is such a complex language that each letter has its own meanings. So the word for water means multiple things. Like it's a very deep, deep meaning in Hebrew. So not only do we see the the wavy symbol for water, which is which is a it's like takes over the dish with these all these little waves like fire, but you also see other little symbols in there for when we're using the word for water in Hebrew compared to when we use water itself just in English. Do you so know it's this, like, is, this is the terrible thing because we're running out of time. Yes. <laughs> you're on Reality Check Radio. It's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. We're talking to Vida Austin. We're having our minds expanded in ways we never thought they could be expanded. I want to go back and ask you, how do I do this? Oh, good question. So um, I'm going to move you over so that I know that people are listening in. Do you have hundreds and hundreds of fridges? No, no, I have I have one fridge. I have one fridge and I have my favorite Petri dishes that I use as well. Um, so I'm going to stick you on top of the blender here. It sounds I very know. good, but anyway, it's so that I can prop the, the computer up. So okay. you can see here I have Petri dish. And it's glass. I use glass because glass is essentially made of silica. Silica is a type of crystal. Crystals store information. They're in all of our technology. And it helps water to store information for longer. Um, so that's... It's a large glass Petri dish. Yeah. About the size of your hand. Yeah. Your crooked two fingers, I saw. Yeah. 10 centimeters in diameter. Now, what we're just going to do is show you how to do it. So I'm just going to go over here. You can see me. I'm going to use the tap water yeah. there's a ratio for how much water to put in it's about it's about it so i'm going to show you what that is if you tip it it's about it's approximately two tablespoons of water if you tip it three quarters should be empty and a quarter should be pooling got it so that's, so that's tipping it to the edge yep so that's the ratio for any size dish you use. And if mm -hmm. you want to start using it right now and you can't wait, you can even do it in like a Pyrex glass baking tray. Okay. So my Petri dish, my, my freezer is set at the moment at minus 14 degrees Celsius. 
Oops. You can say I have stuff in my brain though. I have stuff in there. And that's it. So it's in there. So if you can put your timer for me um, on while I go and grab my phone, it's for five minutes and 30 seconds. Now, if your freezer is making a sound, your timing is usually good. If your freezer is kind of clunked off and it's not making any sound. How long do you want the timer for? Five minutes and 20 seconds, please. I'll just grab my phone. This is crazy. <laughs> I'm setting my phone for five minutes and 20 seconds. I yeah. don't believe this. How can this be radio? Okay. <laughs> 518, 517, 516. I'm underway. Okay, great. So um, if I can't hear my freezer making a sound right now. So that if it takes a little longer and we have to go, then at least people can get an idea. They can learn how to do this. Website. If it comes out with a bald little fat man, I'll freak out. <laughs> well, I didn't give any thought about what we just put it in there. I'm just showing you the technique. So we'll see what we'll see. But if we see something different than the patterns I would normally see in the tap water, then there's probably been some change. So, so that, was, that wasn't even sitting around. It was tap water straight into the dish and straight into the freezer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At minus fourteen, that's quite cold for a freezer, I think. Oh, it's it's pretty pretty normal. Is it? Originally, my original when I first started this, I was working in a freezer which was minus twenty three, which I really love doing. I actually brought this one down because most people's freezers are around about this, mm. um, unless they have a really old freezer. So I'm I'm just laughing to myself because I can imagine you on someone else's show and being called a cooker or something, right? Because it's so weird that we're doing this. <laughs> well, you know, when, when, I, when I looked at this interview, I thought, this is insane. <laughs> what do your friends think? Well, honestly, I, I actually have a lot of support because I think it's because I'm not trying to tell people how, how to live, what, yeah. what to do. I'm just like, this is something I found. I kind of want to share it with people to see what, what happens. It's just as much like interesting. I think there's a science in seeing if people get one of the three patterns. Of and, tell, and tell me, um, it, for listeners, while this is counting down, we're 319, how do they find more out about you and your work? They can just go to my website. They can learn how to do it over the, on the website. Um, it's my name, betaaustin.com. Beta Austin. Is that that sounds an Indian name, Beta? Yeah, it is. It is. My mother, interestingly, she came over on a Russian ship from England and she made friends with this Russian woman um, that worked on the ship, and her name was Vida. And uh she just called me that. And then over the years, I have had a lot to do with the Indian community. And um, they always call me Veda because it's spelt the same as the Vedic scriptures. So, um, so I, yeah, I actually, even my second name is Indian because my mum spelled, it was meant to be Karen, but she spelled it K-A-R-A-N. Um, and in Hindu mythology, that is Arjuna's brother's name. So I actually have these two Indian names. And married in India. Well, I, I, yeah, here's my ex-husband now, but oh. we get on fine. It's all good. And so I have part Indian children, which is, which is wonderful. And they're such blessings. Yes. Yeah. Vita Karen Austin. 
Oh, my goodness. And Rama, okay. your son. We're on two minutes, one second. Okay. So I don't think I can hear this. It's not making a sound. So I hope it doesn't take too long. So it can take between that five-minute mark and sometimes up to eight minutes. And in some people's freezers, when I do this on the workshops that I do, sometimes it can take up to 15 minutes if they have, if they're not using a dish, a petri dish, the thicker the glass, the longer it takes to freeze. So um, you have to be mindful. But what you're looking for is liquid on top and ice underneath. That's what you want to see. And then you need to wipe the back of the dish because the frost will form on the back and you don't want to have that kind of distracting from the imagery. And so, so to find your webpage, just Google Veda Austin, V-E-D-A, Austin, A-U-S-T-I-N, mm -hmm. Veda Austin. Yeah. And you're just out there sharing this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... And is it quite a thing? Is there quite a little community around the world? Like, I get... I go... I speak all over the world. No. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I share all the time on Instagram, which is Vader Austin underscore water. So, and I share other people's work all the time too. I have a group of nearly five, uh, no, no, I think it's like 1,500, nearly 2,000 people just sharing who, who are doing the work and um, sharing the work that I'm using the technique. I speak at conferences all over the place. I do podcasts nearly every single day. I'm on Gaia at the moment, and a new one that's coming out called Divine Science, where I'm in. Like, okay, Beta, yeah. we're on the countdown. Six, okay. five, four, three. Phone ready. Two, one, go. <laughs> okay. It's my timer going. Oh, I'm, I've never been this excited. This is live TV. No, live radio. But it feels like TV. Already getting out of the, i got to be scribing it for our listeners. We're getting out of the freezer. What I want you to say. Taking a picture. Picture. So you can see how there's ice that's formed. Oh, yeah. This is the picture on the phone. Yeah. So we can see there's already ice formed in the ice, in the water. And, and there's a pattern. And there's patterns. This part over here? Yeah. There's yeah. packages underneath. It's the, it's the spinach. And then there's that liquid. It probably could use longer, but we're going to pull it out now just, just because we're on a time schedule. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is a scientific moment. Oh, wow. Okay, there's a perfect, <laughs> perfect triangle in this. And I do want to show you that this has been something that I've been using lately um, that was in the last, the dish last time. So I tip the liquid water away. Yeah, so pouring the water out. And then see that triangle right there? Perfect triangle. There's yeah. a perfect triangle. And I would like you to see this that triangle. triangle. That triangle isn't sort of part of another pattern. It is a perfect triangle. And what are you holding up beside holding it? Up this this organ pyramid that was right beside you just couldn't see it because the it was underneath the computer right beside the dish. So just so you know, it's picked up that triangle. Yeah. So that's how it works. I wouldn't have believed you're like a magician. I wouldn't not, have believed that if I hadn't seen it. I'm literally just showing you what. You I know see. how when you see something and you think, no, nah, it couldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think ancient wisdom has been around a long time, and I think indigenous wisdom 
too. And you just need to look into what is talked about around water and creation. I mean, in, even in the Bible, water is uh, mentioned 722 times more than love, worship, and faith. Uh, someone I know thinks that hydrogen is the spirit of water and that plasma is the mind of water and that liquid water is the body that houses the spirit of water. So there's a lot there, but... Well, we can find out from going to your webpage. I have to say, Veda, did I say that right? Yes. I have to say, I came into this interview thinking, oh, I don't know, water, thoughts, memory, woo-woo. This is crazy. But then you started talking, and you're so reasonable. Like you're not you're not kooky or anything, right? So I thought, oh well. And then you did that. It's quite wonderful, and anyone can do it at home, and they should, right? Absolutely, it's super easy and fun and cheap. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, oh, look! Thank you so much for coming on. That was Vader. Austin, water researcher, which is pretty funny, right? And what an amazing story. I've never heard of such a thing. Well, you get it all on Rally Check Radio, Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Remember, send me a text 2057. What are your thoughts about this? Give it a whirl. Let us know how you get on and email me inbox at rallycheck.radio. Thanks for tuning in to RCR, Reality Check Radio. Do you like what you're listening to or dislike what you're listening to? Either way, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057. That's 2057. Or email us at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We'd love to hear from you. So connect with us today.